Hey there, everybody. This is Nick Thomas of the Couch Divided Podcast. A little different episode for you guys. It's the uh, best of 2021. You know, me and Robin started this podcast in 2021, and it's been a blast. Uh, thanks to uh, Coltish and uh, a lot of other people who supported us. We gained a, a small audience, and it's it's just been a blessing to see how many comments that we're getting on uh, our episodes and how much is it, it has actually helped you and uh, helped your heart. We pray for for every single episode uh, for all of our listeners. And um, and God has answered that prayer in a big way. So that being said, we wanted to do sort of a, a best of to wrap up uh, the end of the year. We're going into 2022. It'll already be the new year once this is launched. And uh, I selected three uh, episodes uh, of 2021, uh, the Depression and Crush Spirit, the Identity Podcast, which we've uh, named Much Ado about self and also the addiction podcast and I chose these things for a reason and you'll hear why a little later in the podcast. Uh, but on a side note, uh, you can catch all of these episodes and more uh, on your favorite podcatcher on uh, Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And then more importantly, you can actually catch all of these uh, episodes at couchdivided.com, uh, where you have a chance to listen to all of them and then also have a chance to partner with us too as well. We need your help to keep the lights on and to keep doing this uh, material going into the new year. Um, we appreciate appreciate all your love and support and help. Thank you to the people that have donated already. Um, you have been a tremendous help and a tremendous blessing as well. Uh, that being said, um, please enjoy the show. Hey there, you are listening to a Couch Divided Best of 2021. I'm Nick Thomas, of course, and I'll be narrating this uh, episode for your listening pleasure. This first clip you're about to hear is from our Depression and Crush Spirit episode. You can go to couchdivided.com and look up Depression and a Crushed Spirit, where Robin gives some details and statistics uh, that are in the DSM, the uh, Psychology Manual for uh, Diagnosis um, and Diagnostic Criteria, um, and some just some uh, statistics on depression, what is depression, what is major depressive disorder, and all of that, so we can get a clear answer about the clinical world and what they say about depression. And then I go into a biblical application about what the crushed spirit is. So I hope you enjoy this. It did bless us as we were doing it. I myself had to edit these clips and uh, some of it brought a little uh, tear to my eye, just uh, just understanding God's work in my heart, God's work in sanctification, uh, and Him and His presence just overcoming the uh, depression and overcoming a depressive state of mind and fear. 
year. Um, and I got to listen to this as an audience member. I mean, I recorded the podcast, but because we did it so long ago, you know, you forget what you say sometimes. And so going back over these clips have been a real blessing. Uh, and I hope they bless your heart too. But without further ado, here's depression and the crush spirit. So major depressive disorder, um, I, I'm just going to run us through the criterion again, like not again, we haven't done this specifically, but this uh, type of thing we've done right before. Right. Um, so the A criterion uh, under major depressive disorder, five or more of the following symptoms, and they must have been present during the same two week period. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you see this all through the DSM, there are time specifiers, right? Mm -hmm. The first 30 days following a, um, a trauma, you don't diagnose post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. It like it, it's post acute. Uh, uh, I think. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking. Post acute something, um, or acute stress disorder or something mm. like that. Um, so there's they're all throughout the DSM. <clears throat> so at least two weeks, um, and that the symptoms represent a change from previous functioning. Okay. Um, so essentially what we're going to do now is define major depressive episode. In order to diagnose major depressive disorder, you have to identify a major depressive uh, episode has taken place or is taking place. Okay, so you either need to have a depressed mood, okay, and depressed is just that, like less low, melancholy, sad... Mm -hmm. Um, or loss of interest or pleasure in things that are normally interesting or pleasurable. So the clinical term for that is anhedonia. This is stuff like I usually like golfing, but now like the idea of doing that just sounds disgusting. Mm. And it's not because of the hundred million degree heat we have. Um, or, you know, like I generally like watching this television show, but it just sounds awful. Like I have mm. no interest in the things that I normally find interesting. Mm. Um, musicians that don't want to play their instruments oh, right yeah. um stuff that i normally find pleasurable i just have no interest in right. so if you even if you aren't noticing like specifically a sad mood if you just have this other right anhedonia this loss of interest you can still qualify for yeah. a major depressive you, episode you remember that, that that movie throw mama from the train oh my gosh of it was billy crystal yes. it's a great movie right i, I love that movie mama. it didn't it didn't really yeah it didn't really <laughs> uh, make a lot of money in the box office but the, the reason why i bring that up is because he has writer's block throughout the whole thing and he's focused on his wife being more successful than him or his ex-wife mm -hmm. and and then yeah a, a lot of events you know he gets accused of murder when he didn't do anything but the reason why he could i mean the whole movie he's laying on a rock you know and i mean in the ocean he's drinking man i really need to rewatch this yeah it's been a long time he's he can't write anymore and he used to be a brilliant writer and he hates his situation he hates that his wife is more successful he can't get over his wife he can't get over these things therefore it starts to affect his daily activities and though i don't think he qualifies for major depressive disorder in this movie because it's mm. billy crystal and he's acting but <coughs> it does show you when you said like a, a musician doesn't play their instruments anymore i immediately thought of billy crystal and throw mama <laughs> from the train okay so like i i do not remember this movie well enough to like know the nuance of this so but i'm just gonna say it that would be different than anhedonia and this is yeah. why because he wants to write oh there you go so there's a desire so mm -hmm. you're this talking is, about no is, desire whatsoever when i think about doing that activity it 
the it it is either blah yeah or like ugh yeah right ugh yeah that's that, that's, that's a, a feeling is that's ugh. a word that I use a lot is mm-hmm. ugh. okay when I write right. I look at it so like, that's ugh. not the same you might become depressed because you have writer's block yeah. But, like, wanting to write and not being able to is very different than... Right. You might want to want to. There you go. That would be anhedonia. I'm I'm glad the way that you're defining this, because, again, we'll start to mix up terminology and say that we're something that maybe we're not. Right. uh, So, that's good. Um, Okay. So, you need at least one of those, depressed mood or anhedonia, and then five or more of the following symptoms, okay? Mm -hmm. Present over at least a two-week period. Depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day, as indicated by either subjective report. So that would be like somebody vocalizing, I feel sad or empty, um, hopeless, or observations that are made by others. So um, everybody is different, but when I get depressed, I shut down and turn into myself. Mm. So like I don't... (laughs) I might not like vocalize that I'm feeling depressed. Hey, I'm feeling depressed. Right. But my body language is saying that is yeah. like ob- it's obvious. Right. Um, head hang down, uh, head low, kind of thing. Like that. Well, or like if people are watching, like they, you know, like you, this person's really acting very sensitive and very mm. tearful, right? Or sleeping mm-hmm. a lot or not sleeping at all, that kind yeah. of thing. Right. Um, so in children and adolescents, this can be irritable mood more so than like depressed exactly um to markedly diminish interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities most of the day nearly every day as indicated by subjective account or observation so either you've watched this happen or they're actually reporting it themselves significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain so this is one of the like interesting things about major depressive depressive disorder or a major depressive episode depression can make you eat everything in sight or want to eat everything in sight or it can take away your appetite so you've got people that like fall on either side of that and it Mm. can change from episode to episode Mm. you know just to keep things interesting right um uh, number four is insomnia or hypersomnia. Again, you've got that juxtaposition of right. sleeping too much or not sleeping enough, being able to sleep. Um, psychomotor agitation or retardation. So um, when I don't know if everybody knows people like this, when they get anxious or they are themselves, they tap their feet or tap a pen or mm. pace. So that would be psychomotor agitation. Right. Or the opposite of that, like being a couch potato slug, like not moving feeling heavy and weighed down nick is you're gonna give us some of the so i mean scripture we i mean we started talking a little bit about it but um so what does all this mean in light of scripture so we have all this knowledge we have all the statistics we already discussed uh, a little bit of how dangerous over pathologizing things could be Uh, what does the bible actually say about this disorder because we can't be the only generation that's experienced this oh no you know freud didn't discover uh, these things (laughs) um and certainly uh, uh people that have tried to define grief and the sufferings that people get uh, uh, didn't become, you know, more you know, prevalent in our culture just simply because they defined it in the ways that we're defining it right now. The Bible's always acknowledged. Oh, yeah, no. This phenomenon has existed since the fall. Since the fall. And it really is a product of yeah, that Yeah, our language well. has changed about how, you know, in terms of us describing it. Exactly what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. 
So biblical application on depression. Let's just call it depression. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about. What does the Bible say about these things? And really, it starts to talk about the crushed spirit. Everybody goes to the crushed spirit. And so I do have two verses. Uh, uh, two of them we mentioned at the at the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to reiterate these things. And then just through a, a form of you know exposition and exegesis, compare these two verses and what they're centered around and what really is the crushed spirit. And then we can go from there. So uh, Proverbs 18, 14, we mentioned this at the beginning. A man's spirit will endure sickness but a crushed spirit who can bear. And I want to really break down the first half of that, a man's spirit, which means, I mean, they used it as a, you know, characteristics, personality, the immaterial part uh, of you that we still acknowledge today. We, we just call it personality. We have a personality type, whatever. So a man's spirit will endure sickness. What does that mean? Well, it means we do have natural resilience based off of the design that God has given us. Mm -hmm. We are able to overcome a lot and we do. Believe it or not, though we may struggle overcoming it, mm -hmm. um, we can. But here's the thing, a crushed spirit who can bear. So a man's spirit can endure the sickness, but if that man's spirit is crushed, it can't. Yeah. I described it as your total inability to delight in your creator, mm -hmm. which is also your total inability to want to even move on or live. Right. Uh, I mean, it, I think it can become that. Yes. <clears throat> um, but here in Proverbs 13, 12, it'll say a hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Mm -hmm. That heart sickness can be correlated with the crushed spirit mm -hmm. as well. So this is predicated upon, there you go, <laughs> uh, of hope and desire. And the first proverb would be the spirit that is crushed. So the spirit that is crushed really has no hope um, and has no desire. And if it does... It's, it's foregone. It's gone away. Uh -huh. And so sometimes your expectations on where your life should be or what you wanted to happen towards an individual or devastating moments such as grief, uh -huh. you know, a loss of some uh, someone that I can't go on without this person will cause sickness and a crushed spirit. Mm -hmm. And so the elements that we see in here are really hope and desire if we look at the terms of depression we would see a lack of hope and desire oh, yes. i mean we just mentioned a lot of i mean things. that's the, so like we, what is it every but single that? symptom yeah. touches yeah. those things. Yeah. yeah and so the bible just wraps it up and says crush spirit now mm -hmm. here's the thing the remedy to all of those symptoms whether it be hope desire loss grief suicidal ideation we can see the crushed spirit is full with those things now you have a total inability to to light in your creator. What do you do? There's no way out, mm -hmm. right? So we start to cope with, you know, medications, which we, uh, you know, I'm really, okay, all right, well, maybe, maybe not. Um, but, let, you know, let's talk. Let's not over-pathologize, but let's talk. Galatians 6 says to carry each other's burdens. So you do yes. know that you need help. At the end of the day, though, you still have to bear your own load, right? I mean, I can't be another person, so I can no, only no, help no. so much. But you don't have to suffer alone. Exactly. Right? You don't have to suffer alone. And then Christ, though, was able to bear a crushed spirit and overcome it. Mm -hmm. Right? He was the only man that could be driven to totally, uh, utterly despaired, but be raised up and overcome that, which is why right. we cap off all episodes. Abba, Father, why have you forsaken me, yes. right? Yeah. Well, uh, and and that, uh, that was a fulfillment of a prophecy. It was, but like what it speaks to. Exactly. Right? As a total innocent man 
taking the wrath of God upon himself and then overcoming it. Like right. he did it, you, which you can't do. It's so which, glorious. Yeah, which you will never be able to do. But which you don't have to do. Exactly. Now, there is mechanisms within this and how we achieve that delight and the glory in, you know, in the gospel. Obviously, right. you have to be born again. Um, obviously, you do have to repent. As hard as it may be to look at your sin in total and utter despair and grief, it's the best thing for it. I just right. mentioned it earlier. Men, speak up. I know that you're hurting, mm-hmm. but you need to talk because you still have the responsibility to be a man. And when you don't, you're going to end up in bed. It's, po- it's poisonous. <laughs> it's, it's to- yeah, toxic. It's, it's poisonous. You have a crushed spirit. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about it. You talk about it. Right. Um, and so... Instead of saying, I mean, this is so I'm sorry to interrupt you, Lily, but like, I'm just going to plug again, like, this is why being a part of a body, a church party is so important. You can't do it alone. I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason, right? Right. We're commanded to be in community with each other. Um, I mean, to experience the the means of grace, speaking reformed analysis here in the church, that we we receive the presence of Christ through the preaching of the word, the encouragement of the body, the the confessions of sins, our ordinances and sacraments, if you want to call it sacraments. I know Dr. White doesn't like that word. Um, <laughs> um, but then the singing of songs and psalms and spiritual songs. I'm not saying that these cure a crushed spirit depression, suicidal yeah, ideation, no. but you can't experience these things with a crushed spirit. So what do you do? Yes, you have to boom, because God has given us this church to where we filter all of this stuff out and you can't participate in that. Even if you're there because you're your crushed spirit, then st- things need to happen. Repentance needs to happen. Acknowledgement of what happened sure. uh, needs to happen. A delight in God needs to happen. And this is where your counselors and your pastors are going to help you out uh, mm-hmm. uh, with that. Same way that you broke Now we can define it categorically, which is what you broke down in, uh, in the DSM. And then we can start to match these up with biblical mm-hmm. uh, terminology and precedence so that you can overcome these things. Mm-hmm. Because if Christ lives within you, you can right. overcome these things, which is why we cap off every episode of what? You know, take courage. He has overcome, overcome right. the world. Right. Take, heart. take heart. He right. has overcome the world. All right. So that was just a small clip of the depression and the crushed spirit episode. Again, you can go to couchdivided.com and listen to the whole episode and uh, really listen to us dive deep on what depression is, what our convictions about it is and how to handle such things. And then biblical application of, you know, what God says about the crushed spirit, which we kind of parallel with depression. And of course, it manifests itself in different ways. Now, moving right along to the next segment... Uh, we decided to uh, pick a segment, uh, pick a, a small uh, portion of a two-part series that we did called Much Ado About Self. And just like the title suggests, it's an identity uh, topic. And uh, me and Robin have had personal conversations uh, quite a bit about the issue of identity. Uh, when we speak about uh, disorder or any kind of behavioral issues, we usually speak of identity as some of the foundational things and knowledge to have in one's life to overcome their situations. Uh, I know personally myself, I had to find out who I was. Um, But before I even 
can do that. I have to find out who God is and what he has said about me. So you're going to hear a little bit uh, of that in this uh, small, about 13 minutes uh, segment in Much Ado About Self. This is one of my absolute favorite series. Please go back and listen to this two-part series. We have part one and part two. Go back and listen to uh, both of these and really, really start to dwell and to meditate on what identity is. We've mentioned in other podcasts how important identity is, and I myself even have small practices to remind myself of who I am. See, in this culture right now, identity is huge, but it's only the Bible, it's only the Word of God who can truly show you objectively, with an objective standard, about who you are and about what your responsibility is to that. And of course, it always starts with the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, who he is, what he has said, and what you should submit to. So I hope you enjoy this segment. Uh, this is Much Ado About Self. This is a segment from part one of a two-part series. Uh, and it started with knowing who God is and not really knowing who I am. Right, because so, knowing who you are becomes kind of in, inconsequential in that moment. It's really meaningless right. without... Without some kind of, um, you know, precursor to who I am, right. then there's no point. Uh, I, I have to come from somewhere, and that somewhere tells me who I am. And subsequently, that is God who right. has created man and women in his image. Right. So, yeah. uh, like So as our pastor, Jeff Durbin, says, like, by what standard? So without, sure. without God's standard, we have none. Um, the world likes to create all sorts of different standards. That was an elephant in the room. You can hear his voice say that, too, as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to dive like right into what our current culture says about self. So, okay. you know, we welcome everybody's feedback. We'd love to discourse with you guys about this. Um, there Should are, we do a trigger warning? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for any snowflakes listening, you guys might want to go get into your safe spaces. Um I'm being so, sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you can tell. Um, so the way that our culture defines self is very much in line with what Nick just said, which is in a sinking sand sort of foundation. Um, a person's essential being, um, something, the things or thing that distinguishes themselves from other would be the Merriam-Webster's definition of self. Right. Um, so that uniqueness to each individual which we're going to talk about kind of the um, irony involved with that versus um, intersectionality a little bit later, um, which seeks to <clears throat> to kind of make everybody the same, at least in our opinion. So self um, as a noun, like I said, a person's essential being that distinguishes them from others, especially considered as the object of introspection or a reflexive action. Um, so I guess that's a big bunch of mumbo jumbo. Um, but it's the, the point there is that it's very subjective. Right. In modern culture, you get to define self. Right. Um, and, you know, we talk about um, as Christians, we talk about when we define God on our own terms, when we define anything on our own terms, essentially what we're doing is we're making ourselves God in that right. moment, um, which is what we do when we allow our subjective definitions to determine who we are. Right. And this is what uh, Romans 1 talks about, giving uh, being given over to a debased mind and believing a lie kind of thing. If you don't start with that precursor, what we said, that standard, which is God, right, then you end up believing a lie because all you have is your own mind and your own set of values, which you fall even short to those things. Right. Um, and so that twists up self 
It really does. As well. So what do you believe about that? What you place value on is what then determines your self-esteem, your self-worth. So I thought it would be kind of interesting to talk about some of the different concepts that make up self, um, just according to, you know, popular culture. Because you kind of hear these like buzz phrases or buzz buzzwords a lot, um, a lot of, especially in like the self help community, in the positive positive psychology, positive just positive affirmation kind of um, disciplines. So like self esteem is a big one. Most people are familiar with self esteem or at least have heard that term. And we're now really indoctrinating like our littlest kids, especially in school, with this these kinds of concepts. So even like your young kids are probably familiar with that concept. Um, Self-esteem, self-compassion, self-acceptance, self-respect, self-worth, that kind of stuff. Um, Self-value. So we're going to get into into all of those different kind of really nuanced, but not so nuanced in reality, um, different, different concepts. And then we're going to debunk all of them. There you go. <laughs> so. I'm listening attentively right now because as soon as you said self-esteem and I go, okay, cool. This is going to be a big one yeah. as far as self-esteem goes because we see this in our culture of people trying to manipulate any kind of suffering that comes from, you know, that comes upon you to make you feel low right. whatsoever. And and one of them, uh, one thing I delight about that though is that we, we do live in a culture that wants to take care of each other. Right. Uh, they just don't know what the heck to do about that and they end up subsequently actually damaging that person a little bit more right well we want to take care of each other but with all of the like doctrine of intersectionality what we really want to do is out suffer each other yeah there you go (laughs) um you know it and it's people don't realize how utterly toxic that is and how the only freedom from it is in christ you know it's funny because that's the reverse thing what scripture would say it was just outdo each other in charity right but then they want to outdo each other in In suffering suffering. i'm more oppressed than you so i belong on this kind of scale i'm in this tier right so you might be like an african-american lesbian well i'm an african-american lesbian transgender who was adopted oh wow and redhead and redhead <laughs> with freckles. Right? I don't know so, if that's a is that a scale on the intersectionality. I don't redhead? think specifically. Um, up in physical appearance might be you could probably, you probably could put that into physical ability versus disability. Because we'll say blonde brunette and we didn't think anything of it. Right. Uh, not, not not really nowadays. But if you say ginger, right, and you're like, oh, he's a ginger. Very loaded. It, it comes with a personality trait. Blonde too, but not so much anymore. Maybe back in the '90s, but like not so much. <laughs> There's tons of blonde jokes, but no brunette jokes. Uh-huh. Uh, and then ginger is just, you know, uh, just be, you know, it, you either think a ginger is disgusting or you think a ginger is fiery redhead right. or you, whatever. Like there that, are, you know? We have stereotyped personality traits and features that go with each one of those categorically, right? Ooh, what creates that? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, it was created and it caught on, you know. Yeah. Actually, I was just watching, I can't remember what season it was, uh, Bob's Burgers. And there was a whole episode with a blonde joke. Linda goes and dyes her hair blonde and uh, she's, suddenly nobody takes her seriously and she's an idiot and (laughs) it's funny um yeah and also completely ridiculous which you know kind of circles back to our point around all of this stuff so um self-esteem is you know by all intents and purposes confidence in one's own worth or abilities so nick image bearer outside of christ where does one gain confidence in their own abilities (laughs) 
Um, well, basically by doing, I mean, it's going to, because that's all you have is by doing. And there is some truth to that sure. uh, too as well. God has created our bodies um, amazing that we do reap rewards when we're successful in things that we do. Um, and that's called a dopamine, uh, dopamine spike. <laughs> so a neurotransmitter fires off and you're like, dude, I'm good at this. And you receive a ward and you want to keep doing right. that. Um, it's very uh, reinforcing. And it's not so much uh, that people will act differently outside of Christ as far as that goes it's just they have no justification or validity to land on that you know they may identify themselves by their job and they get good at it and so they'll go okay i'm a doctor i'm a lawyer i'm this but if you take that away who are they and they can't they can't land on that rock right they may invent something in the uh, in the you know in the future that uh, they might lose that job right. um, and go well I'm more than that I'm I'm a man I'm I don't know you know it, it's going to be certain uh, particular attributes I knew myself I was a drug addict um, and so I wasn't going to actually go down that route right. I was just going to die I was just waiting to die so it doesn't matter who I am uh, eventually I'm just going to die um, and so that's fine right yeah. so uh, it's it's which is very nihilistic but yeah right nothing matters so you just do whatever to its own end and that was what my affinity was is, was nihilism yeah. so i um as part of my uh well during my training my doctoral training i did um social security disability evaluations um like cognitive evaluations for people that were applying for disability um and i saw this over and over and over again i would have extremely educated people doctors lawyers um so MDs, DOs, pharmacists, people that had trained and spent a lot of money on their education and training who were in a motorcycle accident mm -hmm. or a car accident or they were cleaning the gutters and they fell off a ladder and they suffered a, a traumatic brain injury. And now that thing that was their entire identity, their profession that required certain, you know, neuro capacity is no longer functional anymore. And these people were just utterly destroyed, which is what happens when you build your identity on sand and not the solid rock of Christ. Mm -hmm. So And you you'll hear words are like I don't feel like my old self anymore, or I don't feel like I, I used to be. I'm not me anymore, which means that they did have a prior definition that they actually remember. Sure. But because they understand that they don't feel like that anymore, then it's foregone. It's gone. It's right. it's disavowed when they, by, yeah. by the cognitivity. So yeah. Well, yeah, when they lose that, that primary component that made up their identity, they have no idea what to do. Right. And it, it, it was heartbreaking to watch. Um, and I, you know, very empathetically related as somebody who spent a lot of time and money studying in this field, um, the thought of no longer being able to do this that I had spent so much time doing, I really related to the despair that's possible there. Um, and it was extremely convicting because it caused me to divert my attention back to the solid rock. Right. You know, my identity remains the same as a Christian, mm -hmm. no matter what happens to me externally. Yeah, you're, uh, you're being made in the likeness of God. Uh, does not change because your personality has changed right or because you have because your, your ability has changed yeah, exactly you, you take a quarter of your brain out you're still an image bearer of right. god now your physical being has changed sure. um as far as how you act and interact and think um but your soul has not right your and your worth has not because your worth as a christian you understand your worth is completely founded in the fact that you're an image bearer of god right and that 
never changes from, you know, the day of conception to the day of death. And he breaks it down. Genesis 127, he created man and women in his image. Genesis 5, um, uh, God created man. He made him in the likeness of God, male and female. He created and he blessed them and named them man uh, when they were created. And... Um, and that's it, awesome because this now equivocates image of God, likeness God, image of God, likeness of God. And a likeness is an immaterial thing manifesting itself empirically. Right. So this is both material and immaterial. So just because something happens to your material right. does not necessarily mean that the totality of you has actually changed in what you are and who you are. Right. Unless you don't have a biblical standard, which is what most of our current culture, at least popular culture, is operating right. within that d dimension. And so. spirituality is just some kind of ethereal pursuit of peace and not really the nature of who you are. Right. You, you keep those two things separate. And they may right. even claim that that there's some kind of metaphysical being um, as well, especially in the new age. They talk about metaphysics all the time. Mm -hmm. They usually equivocate it to deity instead of uh, being made in the likeness of God. They are God, uh, but they're very weak gods because they die. Um, they act as if there is no God. They have atheistic concepts or agnostic concepts of ontology, Big Bang, evolution, all believe in that kind of thing. Right. And not every one of them. I, you know, not all P's or Q's sure. uh, here, but just most are. Um, <laughs> uh, most P's are Q's. Um, but um, but uh, it's... Uh, it, it, they're not logical in their metaphysics. Uh, they'll equivocate uh, something that is really attractive. Like being God is attractive. Like, sure. you know, okay, if that was an actual reality, it'd be awesome. <laughs> but it's not. Um, unless so, you're Mormon. Yeah, then, <laughs> unless then you're Mormon. Yeah, that, it, that is a reality. Yeah. But, but think about that too as well. It's because it's a not a reality, um, man wants it. Right. We want what we can't have. Right. You know, we want to be God, which is the whole point of the fall in it, it, Genesis 3. Right. Yeah. That pride, that 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 thing of being being kept out, that like FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. That's what it reminds me and, of. And people are, how can anybody think they're God? I'm like, well, did you read Genesis right. 3? <laughs> and, well, and the truth is, is that we make ourselves God all the time. Yeah. Every, every moment that you define your own self-worth, you are making, you are elevating yourself to the place of the creator. Yeah. That's and it's just a, the truth. And it's a simple metaphysic in anthropology. It's uh, a image of God, uh, a son of God, or sinner. Right. Um, and that is in all of our uh, anthropological nature. Anthro, you, you can hear the, the human word and, and the, the study of human nature. And our nature is that of a sinful being. We don't like that either. Right. And so we'll do anything that we can to get away with it, like make ourselves God. Man, I absolutely love that series. Much Ado About Self, two-part series. Please go back and listen to both of those parts. You will be highly blessed. We even talk about Freud and what he has said about you and proceeded to bash him right after that. So it is a very entertaining podcast. It's one of our firsts. Um, it's not the first that we recorded. Uh, we recorded our COVID series uh, first, but that is the first one that we released is a Much Ado About Self. So you get to hear a Couch Divided in its primitive time, which was only March of last year. We have evolved so much since March, and it is because of you. 
Again, thank you so very much for listening. In this next segment, uh, this will be the last one of the best of 2021, is our addiction podcast. Addiction is, well, that is a topic that is, again, near and dear to my heart. As you've heard me and Robin in recent podcasts, and and a lot of them, we have struggled with addiction um, before Christ saved us. Uh, We were slaves to that addiction, and that's why the Bible calls addiction idolatry. It's a submission to a God, and it's by way of slavery. This this God that we've served uh, under the uh, ruse of addiction and pleasure uh, really just was killing us. It was a God that promised things, and we may have received a lot of those promises cognitively in the ways of um, just dopamine spikes and, uh, and just pleasures, but because we weren't designed for that, um, that God lied to us. That God uh, did not mention that we would hit a brick wall, that we would be alienated from our families and friends, and that we would be in trouble, um, not just biologically, but uh, socially as well. So this, uh, again, about 13-minute clip uh, in addiction. You can go to uh, couchdivided.com, as I've said recently. You can also you know, listen to this whole episode uh, as well, share it with your friends, and I hope it blesses you. Here's our addiction podcast. It can be very, very frightening to have to face the things, the trauma, the hor- the the results of the sin, like sin world, sin we perpetrated, sin like the other people's sin that made us victims. Um, whatever, whatever it is, it it can be. I mean, so terrifying that we do drugs to avoid dealing with it. Right. But the freedom in like freedom in Christ means not having to be afraid of processing those things. Um, he doesn't. We're not asked to like it, right? We're asked, we're asked to be like joyfully obedient, right? That doesn't mean that we aren't allowed to feel bad, sad, whatever emotion it is that comes up when we're processing things that have happened in our life, right. especially trauma. Um, he what he does is he provides us a place where we don't have to be afraid of it. Right. Right. We can approach it. Um, that we've really, we've bought into this really significant lie in, I mean, in our culture, my guess is worldwide, but it is very predominant in the Western world. Um, that any kind of negative emotion if experienced for more than like two or three minutes is pathological. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not true. No, it's not true. There are all. things that are supposed to impact us, right? right. Um, the scripture is so clear. I'm I, like, I'm, I'm always going to come back to just one of my favorite scriptures in John where Jesus is about to lay, raise Lazarus. Mm-hmm. He looks at Mary mm-hmm. and he Christ. He cries. Jesus is weeping. If that isn't permission to fully inhabit the emotional repercussions of this fallen world and death and anything else that might have happened, I don't know what is, right? He isn't expecting us to be stoic. Yes, He also also is expecting that we face it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he doesn't save us so that we can sit idly by and miss out on our life. Because we're too afraid to deal with right. 
right? And I, you know, one of the things where it's the shortest verse in the Bible, everybody knows that Jesus swept. Right, right. But then around that, he goes, everybody looks upon him and says, look how he loves them. Look how he loves her kind of thing. Jesus wept, also knowing that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Right. But he loved Mary. It blows my mind. He loved her. Yeah. It's compassion. The pain that she is experiencing, he, he, like, he feels it fully. And he does it without fear. In front, like, he, he did this. He displayed this. Mm. It's included in scripture for our benefit. So, you know, all that's to say, that's a lot of discussion about, like, you know, dealing with the potential origin story of your addiction issues, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it is idol worship. You may need like clinical help for it. Um, so if you do go seek it, seek pastoral counseling, accountability, right? With your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and keep your focus on your true identity, right? Which is not Robin the alcoholic, but it's Robin the Christian, Robin the redeemed rebel, saved by grace through faith. Exactly. You know, um, and, um, you know, and, and the Bible speaks, uh, you, know, you know, again, going back to the idolatrous nature of, of addiction, Galatians 520, um, talking about the um, anti-fruits of the spirit, if you want to call it that, idolatry, witchcraft, witchcraft is the Greek word, um, pharmakia. So using drugs now for spiritual experiences sure. is idolatry and forbidden right. in the law of God uh, to partake. That still happens today and more so oh, than yeah. you think, especially with this hype on psychedelics uh, uh, nowadays. Yeah. Yes, DMT, as, mushrooms, as, things as like that. As treatment even yeah. for, for psychological disorders. <clears throat> uh, I would say, yes, it, it does cross into those boundaries. Yeah. You don't know what you're opening yourself up to when you lose your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you may come out of it with uh, this kind of enlightening epiphany but we have epiphanies all all the time right um and uh, an epiphany doesn't mean that you have a truth well okay, just means so you might have fixed like the behavior here, here's the thing it's not that we can't come to new understandings of things like we learn all the time yeah but we should have nothing revealed to us outside of scripture if you are like invoking some kind of spiritual experience and using that like and equating its truth with scripture, you are in very dangerous territory. I used to call psychedelics epiphany drugs. Epiphany Because the point of taking psychedelics on my part wasn't to have a spiritual experience. I was an atheist, uh, anti-theist. I mean, a really staunch. There was no God whatsoever, no spirituality. You're goofy. Yeah, you're stupid. (laughs) But I did want knowledge Mm -hmm. and I wanted wisdom and I wanted to talk about space and the human condition and esoteric things because I like You wanted to philosophize. Oh, yes. That's exactly what I I wanted to do. And I wanted to become a wordsmith. And I I became that. A pontificate extraordinaire. Oh, yeah. To to the um, uh, uh, correlation of people who knew me before drugs, Uh I wasn't very poetic uh-huh. but when i went under drugs i became that and they go you're different you speak different and things like that and i go yeah i know i'm growing and well and I, yeah i mean it acts as a shield too like you become 10 foot tall and bulletproof exactly now that is pharmakia uh mm-hmm. i mean I, I i didn't worship a god but it is pharmakia because i worship well, something you worshiped you worshiped the god of one of the things i drugs. said i uh, i said um i said i cannot be sober i've worked hard for this identity mm-hmm. 
And it really was all encapsulated on becoming Ooh. somebody. Oh, man. Man. Can you relate to that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yes. Yeah. So hard. Um, but I was just blunt about it. I mean, I and it, it, like, you know? so to see that by nature, we're looking for something to worship. I mean, that God created us to worship him. Mm-hmm. So we are constantly looking for things other than when we're not Christians, other than Christ to worship. Right. And then even as Christians, our proclivity mm-hmm. is to like our sin nature, but we are no longer bonded to it. Our allegiance is to Christ. Right. We are new and renewed and transformed in him. That does not mean that you won't make mistakes that you won't sin. And please don't hear like what I am not saying is that anybody that like relapses is not a Christian. I don't mean that by any stretch, mm-hmm. right? P- Christians fall like this all the time. Right. Um, so it's, it's, are you making war with it? Mm-hmm. Are you making war with it? Do you are you grieved over it? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and be prepared, uh, Christian. When you do fall like that, in, because it, it is a defiling sin. Yes. This is the reason why they're not the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. I'm not talking about you lied. I'm talking about falling back in the relapse kind of thing. Um, be prepared to question your salvation. I'm not saying that you're not uh-huh. or you are, uh-huh. but be, uh, be prepared to question it and be prepared for somebody to question it. Uh, the reason why I, I use that exhortation is because that thing, if it does penetrate your heart to where you could not possibly be saved or you don't know, could lead you to uh, a, a repentance, a godly remorse. Uh-huh. It has with me a lot of the times uh-huh. when um, I uh, full-blown idolatry, especially in my early walk. Now, what I'm not saying is that you're not saved. And you, when you relapse, you're not saved. Yeah, no. But uh-uh. be prepared to have that question come up oh, in I your see. heart. Okay, that as part of like a relapsing experience it, it, as exactly. a Christian, like this is part of the self-examination that yeah. could happen. If okay. you're laissez-faire about your salvation, chances are when you fall, it's because you've never had it. If you're apathetic about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you uh, relapse and you're like, I shouldn't have relapsed because I sinned against God and I love him, mm-hmm. chances are you're saved. But I, I'm right. just saying, be prepared to have that question yeah. either come up in your own mind or somebody asking you, what do you view about Jesus right. Christ? Because it is a godly remorse that could lead to repentance. Mm-hmm. And don't skip that. It's going to hurt, but yeah. don't skip it. Yeah, yeah. Don't skip it. Right. Um, I mean, I think that we have to walk a really fine line there because we do believe in perseverance of the saints like once saved, always saved. Um, you don't lose your salvation because you exactly. Um, so I think we can liken it to another. So another like process ad- addiction, um, a, a huge problem. I mean, just as big is like a pornography, sex addiction, right? Um, just like I would not say that somebody who like screws up and uses again exactly isn't a Christian, I would not say that yeah, I don't a say person that who like fails and what watches pornography again isn't that's no. Uh-uh. Right, right. It is a struggle and it is a progress, right. right? Um it's does it grieve you? Are you making more with it? Right, right. Right. So and and like you, there may be, you may be in a circumstance or the, somebody that you love may be in a situation where they absolutely have to have medical intervention at mm-hmm. first because of whatever addiction 
whatever they're like worshiping as their idol, whatever substance or, you know. Um, And so if that's the case, seek that treatment. Like, don't be shy about it. No, not at all. Um, And, you know, um, I think one of, one of the very good things to be said about um, Alcoholics Anonymous or um, like Al-Anon, any of the like uh, support group type um treatment i guess it's not i mean it's not technically treatment but i mean the people of aa would definitely disagree with that um the, like gathering like-minded people together to um to kind of share war stories and like feel more normal so getting support is really really important right and those extremely the groups offer that but devoid of christ like focus on the true god it's all it's just all for not yeah, just a bunch right? of sinners giving each uh, other advice about how to sin better well or how to avoid sin but without like repentance without yeah. repentance yeah. i mean without true repentance biblical repentance they might they might repent quote unquote of using you know in a secular way yeah it's just behavioral changes mm-hmm. it's uh and that is what makes it so fragile yeah right without christ it really is so fragile it's just like the the pharisees they clean the outside of the cup and not the inside of yeah. the cup and here's the thing jesus says that you can clean the outside of the cup mm-hmm, right but if the cup is not clean on the inside mm-hmm. you're dead right you're just dead whitewashed tombs right, right? while well, you look pretty you're not doing drugs anymore <laughs> but you are dead right carcass Spiritu- on the inside spiritually smelling whitewashed tomb. right so um good news right the good news of christ is there's freedom um true freedom and uh all you need to have it is to repent and believe the gospel. Jesus says, I get, I came to give life and life more abundantly. Right. Your life is not just overcoming addiction. No. Your life. And that your identity isn't either. Exactly. A lot of people get glued on that because this is how intense addiction is. It causes trauma. It causes scars. It causes other people to suffer as you're going through it. And you realize that. But there is a lot of things that it involved uh, uh, with addiction. However, if Jesus saves you just because you need to be sober, and that's the only thing that he's going to work on, he's not much of a God to follow. Right. And he's going to give you the whole of himself as he says, I came to give life more abundantly. There's more to life than just rehab in NA or yeah. AA. Right. Um, I know people that are just stuck in there. You are more than an alcoholic. Exactly. For the rest of your life. Um, not that these things can't help. I know that they can, mm-hmm. but they are not your religion and they certainly are not your God. No. Get into a church that is better, get into right. a biblical church. Right. That Please is don't even spend better. any time worshiping a God that you create. Yeah, don't worship a God of your own understanding. Worship the God of understanding. Right. So there you have it, the best of 2021. And we would like to thank you once again for just listening to our podcast, for commenting on our posts, for reviewing us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, It has been a blessing. And uh, we hope to continue to do this podcast. We hope to be producing a lot more videos and a lot more visual things, maybe even transfer this audio podcast to a video format. Uh, That is something that we're talking about doing as well. And uh, while I'm excited for 2022, I hope you are. I hope you grow in knowledge uh, of the wisdom of God and his son. I hope you grow 
near more to him. I hope to be a helping hand in that process. We do, we at Couch Divided, um, again, pray for every single listener before we broadcast. Uh, even this episode, we have prayed, even though it's just a simple best of episode. Uh, it is important, and I hope it's blessed you immensely. And as always, even when trials come to bear... Keep in mind that Christ, the Son of God, who was resurrected from the dead, he has overcome the world. Love you guys, and Happy New Year.